Hello and welcome to Mock Review with Ben and Drew. I'm Ben Garmo. And I'm Drew Evans. Well, Drew, it is our annual speed run episode. Uh, we have <laughs> regionals to get through, uh, and we're going to try to not make this episode 100 million years long for our listeners' sake um, and for our editors' sake and for our sake. I know that there's no one out there who listens to this episode or these episodes at faster than one speed. I know that's something that no one would do. But hypothetically speaking, if people out there do that, this might be the episode where you're doing the right thing. Um, Drew, obviously, there's not a whole lot to talk about before we get into this episode, especially since we've recorded the last two weeks and, and we both had teams in D.C. We'll get to that later. But aside from that, you know, how's life starting to get ready for Tyla Nationals? I am very excited. The case comes out at the beginning of March and then the tournament is at the end of March. So it's, you know, that very quick turnaround. You know, it's going to be rough, but we're going to do the best we can. But yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to get into all these regions. Honestly, it's always fun when you have just, I think it was 12 regionals in one weekend and you're getting tons of information from all over the place. You know, I know we did it last episode, but I'm going to briefly again, the Discord is popping off right now. Yeah, We've got yeah, lots really of is. fun stuff. It's been really, really cool. Um, I've really enjoyed getting to hear people from across the country, judges, competitors, coaches, like we're really getting everything there. So again, if you're not in there, I think it's the place to be when regionals are going on. I'm sure the same thing is going to be true for orcs. So you got one more week, guys, try and find us and, and we'd love to have you in there. But other than that, Ben, I think let's let's get it going. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned about the Discord. Um, Patreon.com slash the mock review. Like we said, we just added another member of our team with an amazing amazing social media chair. And so we've got, you know, our team's expanded to four and the Discord is going off and it's like things are good in the mock review world. <laughs> and we'd love to have you on board joining us as us as well as a free member, a paid member, whatever you choose to do. All right, we got 12 regionals to roll through, so let's go ahead and get started. We're going to go down south to Chapel Hill. Uh, this was a five-bid regional, and our bids in order. We had Georgia State A, seven wins and a 15 CS. George Washington A, six and a half wins and an 18 and a half CS. South Carolina A, six and a half wins and a 16 and a half CS. Duke A, six wins and a 16 CS. South Carolina B, five wins and an 18 CS. couple of five-win honorable mentions here. Davidson B, five wins and a 16 and a half CS, and Duke C, five wins and a 14 CS. Um, not a tremendous amount of surprising information here. A very, very impressive showing from Georgia State to take the first bid out. They're a team that I think kind of comes and goes a little bit, but but has had a very good year. And for them to manage to go seven wins and their only loss was a split with Duke A, very, very impressive showing there. Um, I'll briefly note, you know, seeing Duke lose a ballot to two different teams duke a you know a little bit of a surprise duke a is fantastic we hit him earlier in the season i have no doubt that they are really really good but duke uh split with south carolina b in round four in addition to that georgia state round and then i will mention south carolina a a very very impressive showing for them as well along with george washington a South Carolina A had a loss and a tie to GWA, and then GW split with Davidson A in round four, so they both ended up at six and a half, but just a very, very impressive showing there. A couple other things to note here, but Drew, I'll kick it over to you. What did you pick up about uh, this regional? Well, I'm glad you mentioned Georgia State. Um, they are a, a definitely, like you said, kind of a come and go program. They had that kind of nationals run. Um, I think it was actually... Uh, 
I think it was the same year that that Haverford made it because I I like have a lot of those teams that made it, um, you know, in my mind. But they kind of made a, a Cinderella run of their own to nationals either that year or the year before. I don't remember honestly, but um, then they kind of fell off for a little bit, and now maybe they're back. I mean, seven wins, and as you said, taking a bout off of Duke, very impressive. Excited to see what they've got going on. Um, I'll also say that South Carolina continues to impress. I think you kind of talked about them briefly, but I mean, look, two two teams getting through from a tough regional, definitely impressive out of them. I love the people over at South Carolina. I'm just excited to see that for them. Um, you know, definitely good, a, a solid program having a solid performance. I will say that looking at this regional almost as a whole, what I was struck with was thinking to myself, oh, I'm kind of surprised that like Duke C didn't make it through. And and there are a few other programs in there. I mean, you know, GWB didn't make it through and, and GWB is really uh, often a very solid pro, uh, a solid B team that often makes it through. And they had a brutal schedule, by the way. I should note that they had a 23 yeah. and a half CS for a three win team with that brutal of a CS. You know that they were just facing the absolute worst of it and that you know just not not fortunate for them that schedule but what i was going to say is that you know duke cgwb um even you know davidson a these are programs that i i kind of would have thought of as probably making it to orcs and they're not but there's not any team that's there that i'm like oh well that's who you know kind of took their spot i mean the fact that this was only a five bid regional and you've got so many really solid programs and solid teams. I mean, it's just, this one looked really brutal to me on paper. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that we were not there, but my goodness, I would not have wanted to be competing in Chapel Hill this weekend. I also think, you know, you talked and we both talked about George Washington, but I really think that 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 is a noteworthy um, result. George Washington, A, winning and tying against South Carolina, A, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I think that George Washington is a program that has had some very, very strong years um, and, and they kind of come and go at nationals. Sometimes we had that year several years ago where we played them like 65 times um, <laughs> and they're a very, very good program and an impressive showing, especially for a D.C. school to go down south and you look at the schools around them. Right. It's like one of these things is not like the other. Um, and for them to go down there and have success is impressive. Totally agree with you about GWB. Um, tough result for them and, and and still a really, really good weekend for them to have the the amount of ballots that they did with a 23 and a half CS. Um, but yeah, I think we've pretty much covered it here. Props to Georgia State for taking the first bid out. And I think that all of these teams are teams definitely to keep your eye on uh, when it gets to Oryx. I definitely imagine some of these teams will be getting through to Nationals. Uh, and I, that's really all I have here, Drew. I think if, if you don't have anything else, I think you can take us to Colorado Springs. All right. We're, we're keeping on, on track for a reasonably, uh, reasonably long episode. But uh, let's go ahead and go out west then to Colorado Springs. This was a bit of a small regional at just four bids. And in order, we had Air Force A with seven wins and a 14 CS, followed by Colorado College A with six wins, a 19 CS. And we're going to have to go to this a 78 and a half OCS because the third bid out was UT Dallas A with six wins, a 19 CS, and a 71 OCS. Then finally, we had Santa Clara B with six wins and a 12 and a half CS. We did have two honorable mention teams. We had Colorado A with five wins and a 20 and a half CS, and then the University of Denver B with five wins and a 20 CS. Um, I think that 
this one was kind of interesting to me because I think unlike a lot of other regionals, there was no clear like this is the top dog team um, that, you know, a, a, they perennially make it to nationals. There really wasn't any of that here, which is, I think, a little bit surprising and makes it for kind of interesting results. But the highest ranked team here was Colorado College A at just 96. Um, you know, c- comparing that to we were just talking about Chapel Hill, they had Duke A at, at seven, South Carolina A at 45, GWA at 64, South Carolina B at 78. All four of those would have been the strongest TPR team in in uh, Colorado Springs. So that just kind of gives you some context of you know kind of a a, a lower power regional. Um, not that those teams aren't good or don't deserve the bid, but just admittedly there are not those top top teams here. I think that results wise, this is pretty much what I think people would have expected from this regional. I think that the the most surprising results are probably um, you know Colorado A not getting a straight through bid. Um, they have been to Orcs the last few years and they had five wins with a 20 and a half CS. They'll they'll clearly make it through on the open bid list, but maybe a little surprising to not get it out directly. Um, Santa Clara B instead of their A team getting it a little bit surprising. And then it's funny, Denver A, um, you know, they're a little bit lower. For them to not make it out, um, you know, their their B team obviously will earn that them a bid with five wins and a 20 CS, but their A team not making it out, slightly surprising. But I think it's more surprising to me now being in law school and knowing how good the University of Denver law school team is. And I, I obviously there's no correlation and no reason for the, uh, there to be a correlation. But um, for those that don't know, Denver's like, I don't know, one of the probably like three or four top programs in, in the country um, in the law school mock trial world. I feel like they make it to the Tyla. Um, they get two teams through to the, the NTC pretty much every year. And they're always, you know, semifinalists or finalists. I mean, they're very, very good. Um, and so just to see them not make the regionals, it, I think that stands out more to me now than it probably used to. Um, but I think that's that's the most of what I'm seeing here, Ben. I'll, I'll toss it over to you in case you're seeing anything else. Yeah, you pretty much covered it. I, I agree with you. And it's always tough to talk about power at a regional like this without sounding like we're trying to insult these teams, which we obviously aren't. Like Colorado is a difficult region to put together a power filled mm-hmm. regional like it just geographically, you know, there aren't as many teams around there. I think the one thing that I'll kind of mention a little bit, uh, and this didn't really stand out to me when I initially looked at this, um, but it stands out to me a little bit more now, and that's Air Force. So Air Force, I'm looking at the the rankings here. Air Force is ranked 187th. They've been to Orcs, looks like the last three years. Um, they don't usually win a ton of ballots at Orcs, but they have been there. Um, I'm always impressed when a service academy does well at this activity because people who go to service academies have a lot of stuff on their plate. Um, I know that West Point sometimes does well. The Naval Academy around here has slowly been building up a program. But for Air Force to take the top bid at this regional, I just think is really impressive. I think for for the Air Force Academy, for those cadets and whatever the correct name is, I don't know, it probably isn't cadets and there's people yelling at me, but the people who go to Air Force, that's a really impressive showing for them. Other than that, um, I forget if you mentioned this, Drew, but Colorado College, I always associate them with 2020. They get that Orcs bid. I remember doing that week one Orcs review as the world was shutting down and being like, we hope they get to go to nationals. And, you know, spoiler alert, they didn't get to go to nationals. And so one of these years, I really hope they get back because they're a team that I've always sort of rooted for uh, in the background. Uh, Anything else here, Drew? I think that's about it on my end. If, 
if not, I can move us to Columbus. No, I mean, I'll just note again. I mean, this is a really small regional, um, and I think it's it's really tough when it comes to these. I don't know what I think is the best solution, and honestly, it maybe is a, a better discussion for another episode, but I think that there is something to be discussed here. You know, this regional had just 15 teams. I, I don't know. I mean, it becomes tough to even pair them, and, and as we discussed with the power distribution, just gets a little bit wacky. Um, so I don't know. I definitely have some mixed feelings about this regional, but uh, excited to see more from these teams. I'm glad you mentioned Air Force. I feel like I've seen them pretty consistently making it to Orc, so excited for them. Uh, I feel like that type of you know rigor and, and the, the different service corps schools, um, I feel like they would probably have a lot of the formalities um, and the professionalism really down, um, yeah. but maybe the more dramatic side is going to be a little bit tougher for them, so who knows? <laughs> but uh, definitely would be interested to see how they're, they're you know, taking a handle on this case. I mean, Air Force feel like they probably have a lot of people that could be great pilots, so <laughs> could be kind of fun. Yeah. No, that's a fair point. I bet nobody deconstructs a demonstrative like a service academy <laughs> team. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, let's go ahead and head over to the Midwest, uh, to Columbus, where we had a six-bid regional here. And these six bids in order were Patrick Henry A, seven and a half wins in a 17 CS, Tennessee C, and that's uh, Tennessee Knoxville C, seven wins and an 11 and a half CS, Kentucky A, six wins in an 18 and a half CS, Ohio State B, six wins in a 12 and a half CS. Ohio State C, five and a half wins in a 21 and a half CS. And then Pitt A, five wins and a 21 CS. Got three five win honorable mentions here because the open bid list wasn't chaotic enough as it is. Uh, and that's uh, Patrick Henry B with five wins in a 19 CS. Pitt B, five wins in a 16 CS. And then Kentucky B, five wins also a 16 CS. Um, this is one of the larger regionals uh, that we had this weekend. You know, we only have a few with six or I think Princeton, which had seven. Uh, so just a couple notes here. You know, Patrick Henry A turns out still really good at this activity. I will what? say it is. In- yeah, right. No, I whoa, know. Shocker. Whoa, whoa. Extra, extra. Read gotta, all about yeah, it. Seriously. <laughs> you got to gotta give us a spoiler alert before you say something like that. Yeah, at this point, if, if if people are listening to this podcast and not wanting spoilers, I truly don't know how you ended up here. Like, what if you don't want spoilers? I don't know what you expect us to talk about. Um, but like, we'll read the list of teams at a regional. That's all we got. So Patrick Henry A seven and a half wins. Their only blemish is a tie versus Ohio State C. Very impressive for Ohio State C to manage to get a ballot or half a ballot off of Patrick Henry A. Um, Tennessee C had a really interesting path here, and this is not to take away anything from their performance. They played Kentucky B, who was on the honorable mention list, but avoided Patrick Henry, Ohio State, and Pitt. Um, so, like, really, and, and I believe they played Kentucky B, but not Kentucky A. So, like, very impressive showing from Tennessee. They definitely also found, I think, the ideal path to get through a regional like this one. Um, really, really strong showing depth wise from Ohio state, a team that had a lot of depth for a while, then maybe hasn't had quite as much more recently and is showing that that depth is still there. They're super strong. Same for Pitt, same for Kentucky, two really, really good perennial orcs teams who managed, they both got one team through one team on the open bid list, a second team, I should say on the open bid list. Uh, so like with how large the open bid list is going to be, there's a decent chance that both of those teams are heading through to orcs. So I think just some of the stronger Midwest programs here, as well as some sort of East coast ish programs like Patrick Henry, 
um, showing out here in Columbus. And, and that's about all I see here. Drew, what did you spot? Okay, this is super random, but I'm sorry, but like this is what the podcast is really about. So Team 1281 Georgetown College, I don't I don't really know anything about them, but I just I, I was looking at the tab summary and I just find this to be a remarkable result. So after the first two rounds, they were 0-4 and, and they had a, a, a very negative PD. I mean, their second round was against um, UT Knoxville uh, and they went minus 30, minus 34, minus 13. They then go into their round three and go at plus 50, plus eight. Like <laughs> I, the reason why I'm saying, like, I just, I don't know, something to me about like, you just lost a round by 50 and then you're going to come back and like win a round by 50. I just, I mean, that's like wild to me. I don't know. I just like look at that and I'm like, wait, how is the same team able to lose by that substantial of a margin? And like, look, UT Knoxville, like, as you said, Ben, they had a very good path. Hats off to them for getting through. I look forward to seeing what they're able to put together. Um, I don't think that anyone thinks of them as like the type of team that's, you know, putting up a 50 bird on someone. And so <laughs> to see them do it to this random school and then this other random school be like, well, we're doing it to someone else then. Like, I just, I don't know. A piece of me thinks that that's like a very funny and entertaining result. So I just wanted to mention it. Um, I just get a kick out of stuff like that. I think you mostly covered it. I mean, apparently Patrick Henry's decent at this activity and Ohio state has a lot of depth. Like who, who does not get right? Um, I will say, um, I think people have been sleeping on Pitt for a little while. They've been very, very consistently performing at a very high level at uh, at Orcs. And I mean, they had a really solid weekend here. Having both their teams at five wins, um, I think that that second team is going to be very close to see if they get off the open bid list at five wins with the 16 CS and being the second team. I, I suspect that they will, but point being, Good showing out of them too. I don't want us to like, you know, not mention that. I, I'm I'm intrigued to see what Pitt is able to put together. Um, but other than that, I think we've really covered a lot of it. I think that you know, this is kind of a a a regional where they've kind of exported a little bit of power in Patrick Henry to to get uh, you know a little bit more distribution in some of the Midwest and and apparently they're still able to clean up pretty well here. So no surprises there, but just some funny and interesting results along the way. Yeah. I'll say this real quick before uh, you take us to Houston. So we talked briefly about Patrick Henry B, but I think I'll highlight him for just a second because Patrick Henry B was the first honorable mention five wins in the 19 CS would have been good enough for a bid at a lot of places. Um, Not this particular one. I, I mean, Patrick Henry B I'm just checking here really quick. Um, they, I mean, that's the 16th ranked team in the country. Now they're, they're extremely impressive. A lot of that ranking, not all of it, but a lot of that ranking comes from their 2021 finish when we played them in round four, of the high, high bracket at nationals. Um, but Patrick Henry B part of the reason they're on the honorable mention list is because they were swept by Ohio state C. Um, and I think going into that round on paper, you probably would have expected the opposite result. And to me, that shows a really interesting progression from both of those programs. Patrick Henry B, I am certain is fantastic. Ohio State C, I am certain is absolutely fantastic. But that result to me, I think is just a really interesting one. Impressive for Ohio State C and interesting for me for Patrick Henry B when you think about, okay, presumably they'll get off the open bid list, they'll go to Orcs, or Patrick Henry will get another bid somewhere. But just kind of flagging that, keeping an eye on it, thought it was an interesting result. 
And that's all I got. Yeah. And, and look, I'm going to take us to Houston in a second, but I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, look, Ohio State had about uh, Ohio State C, I should say, had pretty much the worst case scenario if you're Ohio State. I mean, you can't face your B team. If you're looking at that regional, you're like, okay, well, as long as we don't have to face like, I don't know, Patrick Henry and Pittsburgh will be fine. And they face Patrick Henry A, Patrick Henry B, Pittsburgh B. Like, that sucks. That's a brutal, brutal schedule. That is literally as bad as it gets for them. And they still managed to get a bid. Like, I think that is really impressive out of them. So hats off to you, Ohio State C. All right, but I think I'm going to go ahead and bring us over to Houston. And this is another four-bid regional. I'm pretty sure Ben intentionally organized this so that I would do all the small ones. Um, Obviously (laughs) joking. But to go to Houston now, uh, we had our first bid out was Texas, um, Texas in Austin. For those, there are other Texas that are good, but uh, UT um, got eight wins with a 16 CS, followed by Louisiana Monroe with six wins and a 16 CS. Then the other UT team, this was their A team um, with six wins and a 14 CS. And then Houston Baptist University with five wins and an 11 and a half CS. Um, Yeah, this is another one, just like I said, with Colorado Springs, where it's really, really small. Um, Only 15 teams here. I will say that Texas is is definitely a, a, a power team to the extent that it is definitely a much, uh, I'm 90% sure they were at nationals last year. Yeah, they were, they're ranked 50th. Um, SMU was here, which is a bit surprising to not see them make it out, but they're ranked 79th. So definitely two like very solid programs. Um, and you know, now that I mentioned them, I, I should say, I mean, SMU not making it out, definitely a bit surprising. They had five ballots at orcs, um, last year. And I mean, to see them not, get through is definitely a bit surprising. Um, I will say that they definitely had a pretty rough schedule, four wins and a 21 CS, um, and they had to face both of those Texas teams. Um, so not not easy by any stretch of the imagination. Honestly, I mean, I think that this was Texas's show and then they showed out. I mean, they had both their teams making it through very comfortably. Uh, Louisiana Monroe, um, I'm, I think it's surprising their B team made it instead of their A team. Um, but I've always kind of known them to be kind of a fairly consistent team that that often is right on that fringe of making it to orcs or not. And lastly, Houston Baptist is kind of the same boat, in my opinion, as uh, ULM in terms of kind of sometimes making it through to orcs, being kind of right on the fringe right there. So not terribly shocked to see them there. You know, a bit of a lower CS at 11 and a half, but hey, you can only you can only beat who you face. So good for them. Um like I said, I think surprising that SMU didn't make it out. And other than that, there aren't a whole lot of other surprises. There just aren't a whole lot of other teams here, to be frank. Um, ben, I will go ahead and toss it to you if there's anything blatant that I am missing. No, I think SMU is the big one. Five ballots at Orcs the last couple of years. I definitely think them not getting through is like the the feature of this regional. Um, they had a 21 CS. They were four and two going into a pairing with uh, Texas C in round four it didn't go their way and they didn't get through. The only other thing that I'll note, because you talked a little bit for a moment about Louisiana Monroe, I always like to note, you know, like I feel like you catch little things on tab summaries. I catch little things in rankings. So you, Louisiana Monroe A is ranked 246th. Louisiana Monroe B is ranked 256th. 
The reason for that is neither one has made orcs the last two years, but three years ago, um, both of them made orcs. So in, uh, you know, however, let's say that's the 2020 season. So that, I guess, was the um, the season that was cut short. Um, Louisiana Monroe A, and, and obviously they're listed as A and B on the, the rankings. I don't know which of the A and B actually got which ballots at orcs, but um they they got one got two and a half ballots at orcs the other got one ballot one and a half ballots at orcs and then neither has made it since so good to see louisiana monroe be uh getting a bid for that program back to orcs uh yeah texas really good an interesting program that perennially is strong but hasn't kind of burst into the very top level of of amta and and a school like that with such massive resources and a really strong program and to have a c team going eight and no you know, maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year that that Texas kind of breaks through and and shows up because you have so many of those other Southern schools um, that we talk about a lot and Florida schools and stuff like that. So it'd be really interesting to see how UT fares at Orcs. Um, if you don't have anything else, Drew, then I am happy to take us to our safe place of the Northeast. <laughs> the only thing I'll I'll add uh, lastly is just Rice University. I feel like Rice had a few years where they were really solid, really making it to Orcs. I feel like they had a few years where they had multiple teams making it through to Orcs. Um, they've kind of petered off recently. Um, definitely had a a a, a solid showing um neither team is going to make it through um their a team went four and four with a 20 and a half cs and they kind of just had a brutal first round drawing where they had to face uta um and look hats off to rice they split that round um they just kind of never were able to get on track and get enough wins in a row um and so they end up going four and four like i said their last round was actually against university of louisiana monroe b who ended up going six and two as we just said so that was kind of that you know Four, four and two versus four and two. The winner makes it out, and ULM came out on top. So anyway, I think that that's that's the gist of what I was seeing. Though Ben, why don't you go ahead and move us back back home, sweet home in the Northeast? <laughs> I will do that. Good point about Rice. I'm looking here. They actually got two teams to Orcs last year, so definitely a little bit of a surprising result there as well. Um, okay, so we are gonna uh, return here to the Northeast, to the land where we know a little bit more about some of these teams, um, to New London, Connecticut. This is a six bid regional. In order, we had Yale B seven wins and an eighteen CS, UMass Amherst A seven wins and a fifteen CS, Tufts C seven wins and a twelve and a half CS, MIT uh, MIT A six and a half wins and a eighteen CS. Boston College D, six wins and an 18 and a half CS, and UConn A with six wins and an 18 CS. Honorable mention here was Quinnipiac A with six wins and a 15 CS. A um, couple of interesting things to note here. I'm just kind of looking through. Um, so Yale, yeah, 1611 um, was Yale. I just kind of wanted to, to verify before we keep going. Um, 16 that is their b team that, yeah okay so the two yale teams Definitely were b and c for some yes. weird reason i thought it was a but no i'm incorrect about that so for yale b to take the first bid out you know talked many many times about yale on this podcast their only loss was a plus 19 minus one to yukon and then they single-handedly pushed quinnipiac onto the open bid list because yale b swept quinnipiac a in round one quinnipiac a went six and zero the rest of the way did everything they could and 
they lost out on the CS tiebreaker to UConn and Boston College. Obviously, six wins. They will easily get off the open bid, I believe, bid list. I believe they are comfortably the top team on that list and will likely remain so. Uh, biggest shock here is Wesleyan A, currently ranked 25th team in the country. They go four and four. They split with ELC, split with Boston College D, and then just get a brutally unlucky pairing against MITA in round four. MIT takes those ballots and Wesleyan doesn't get through. We'll talk later. Wesleyan B did get a bid, so, so they're moving on. But Wesleyan's such an incredibly strong and deep program. So definitely a surprise there. Um, and then a lot of programs showing their depth here. Boston College D, super impressive. Tough C, super impressive. Um, just a lot of the really, really good Northeast programs, either getting their A or B teams through or having C or D teams showing their depth. Uh, Drew, a lot to talk about here. So I'll kick it over to you. What else did you pick up on? So I, I want to note, this might be very outdated information, but I I recall when I was in undergrad learning that Boston College does this, frankly, bizarre thing where their A, B, C, and D team has absolutely nothing to do with their A team being the best team and their D team being the worst team, and that they are four almost entirely separate teams. Um, and they, they just kind of operate completely independently of each other. So um, I think that it sometimes looks a little bit like, whoa, Boston College D is making it through, but their A, B, and C all had kind of like meh showings. And I think I think that, that is why. I think that their what might seem like a D team is in fact, you know, you know, could in fact be the the best team out of Boston College. I don't know that it is that organized. That might be outdated. That's like the rumor that I heard when I was in school. I know really nothing more about it, but I think it's for completely separate programs. Um, so just to, to address the, the Boston College D going six and two, it's still a very impressive showing clearly, but um, in terms of the, the program depth, I think I'm more impressed with Tufts program depth with their C team getting through than with with, with Boston College is showing. I think you didn't mention UMass Amherst, and I think that they had a very impressive weekend. Um, yeah. Their own, they went seven and one. Their only loss was to that Tufts team that also went seven and one. They kind of split that round three with each other. And I'll say that it was a plus fourteen, minus four in UMass Amherst's favor. Um, and I think that's a very impressive showing out of them. Look, Tufts is really, really good, and and to to be splitting that round is definitely impressive. I guess from both sides to a certain extent. But um, I just think, you know, that's a very good showing out of UMass Amherst. I feel like they often come out of regionals very hot. And then it's a question of whether they can kind of finally make that push through uh, to get out of orcs um, that they haven't quite been successful in the, in the last few years. But, you know, who knows? Maybe make, they can turn it around now. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Wesleyan. I mean, my heart goes out to them. I love the people at Wesleyan and it, it sucks to see them not make it through. You're right that they just had a, a really brutal last round pairing and, and to drop both of those to MIT is tough. MIT is a fantastic program coached by some wonderful people that are good friends of the pod. You know, it, it just kind of sucks. Uh, I think that I'm glad, as you said, that Wesleyan B made it through and Wesleyan will be showing. Um, but I think that uh, there's always been a special place in my heart for Wesleyan, not just because, you know, we know a lot of people over there, but also as kind of the the small liberal arts college world, um, you know, Wesleyan being a very small school. Um, 
I've always like kind of wanted to root for that. And they were, you know, such a perennially getting to nationals and doing really, really well there. And they didn't make nationals last year, but they're still really high ranked because they're such a phenomenal program. So I really hope that their A team is able to get it back together. Um, and whatever team is going to Orcs, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for them and hoping they can do well. But it looks like Wesleyan will be represented by only one team at Orcs this year, which is honestly out of the norm because they've been for so long getting all three of their teams through to Orcs. So definitely a bit of a surprise there. But I think the last thing I want to say about this regional is just how, like, it, again, just seems brutal. I mean, Yale C is a is a good team to not be making it through. Uh, you know, we just said both Wesleyan uh, A and C not making it through definitely are teams that I think could we could have seen on that list. And you look at the teams that made it through, and I'm like, who am I replacing? I mean, again, like maybe Boston College D, but obviously Yale B, Mass Amherst, Tufts C, MIT A, and UConn A. I mean, those are all really good programs that I would expect to make it through. There's just not enough bids for all these really good programs. I mean, it's just, it's tough. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I, I sort of, I don't want to make this too much about you know, how do we pair regionals and everything, but comparing a regional like this to, you know, some of those really small bid regionals, like uh, we talked about Colorado Springs and Houston. And a piece of me is like, I wish that we didn't have geographic constraints and we could just take, you know, Wesleyan and just drop them off in Colorado Springs and let them compete there. <laughs> um, obviously, it's not that easy, but you wouldn't have, you know, a six win Quinnipiac team. Um making on the open bid list then, you know? So I don't know, just definitely things to note and, and interesting results for sure. But Ben, I'll, I'll throw it back to you in case you have anything else. You pretty much covered it. And obviously we want to keep us moving. I totally agree with you. And look that like, you know, I, I don't ever want to go back to virtual mock trial, but that was one of the very limited benefits was you could obtain some, some level of geographic diversity and equity you know, in the way that is really difficult to do in a big country with large spread out areas. And you end up with some of the regionals that we're talking about and and some of the orcs. And obviously, we'll, we'll talk about that as well. Um, you pretty much covered it. I did while you were uh, um, while you're talking about Boston. <laughs> what? Your words, not mine. Uh, your words and mock trial confessions, not mine. Um, <laughs> but uh no, in all seriousness, I uh, did w- the thing, you know, when we do research for this show, it's usually just Google you know, Boston College mock trial. And so I did do that. And their website, I don't know how updated this is because it's like a campus website, but it does say we our program consists of four distinct teams. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I don't know how current that is, but at least as of the website that I can find online, that is what it says about their program. Um, but yeah, I think you pretty much went through it. The, your point about Yale C, I think, is a great one. It's just about the the depth and difficulty of this particular regional. Um, and I guess the last thing I'll mention is just good to see MIT um, with a low CS for MIT of 18. <laughs> um, you know, if it doesn't start with a 21 or a 20, 22, I think MIT is probably content with that. So props on them for just continuing to get better and better. Because like we said before, what the Northeast really t- needs is more good teams. Um, so I'm just so glad to see that. And speaking of that, sounds like Drew, it's a great time to take us to Providence. No, I, I certainly will be taking us to Providence. I will say though, it is funny if I were MIT and I'm like, all right, we're feeling good guys. You know, we're what, like four and four and two going into the last round. It's like, oh, who'd you get? Wesley and A. I'm like, God right. damn it. <laughs> <What> the <laughs> <hell>? <laughs> like, I just, I, I know that they were over there like, really? Like again, but yeah. they pulled it out. So good on them. All right, let's yeah. go to Providence. 
So Providence had six bids, um, and starting with uh, two teams that I think are, are fairly recognizable to many, but Harvard B with seven and a half wins and a 16 CS, and then the defending national champs, Harvard A with seven wins and an 18 and a half CS, followed by UMass Lowell A with seven wins and a 12 and a half CS, and then Brown A with six and a half wins and a 19 and a half CS. And then Dartmouth A with six wins and a 15 CS, followed by Dartmouth B with six wins and a 14 and a half CS. We did have two honorable mention teams. We had Holy Cross A with five and a half wins and an 18 and a half CS, and Williams A with five wins and an 18 CS. So we've got the defending national champs and their B team coming out as the top two teams out of this regional, surprising all of no one. Um, I will say that it was a kind of interesting, you know, for the future pairing where we had Brown A versus Harvard B um, in round three and Brown A actually went plus 12 or sorry, this is Brown A versus Harvard A and Brown actually went plus 12 minus one. Um, I, you know, I think that they're still the defending national champs. Harvard still won seven and one, but I think that's a pretty noteworthy result. I mean, that is the defending national champs who a lot of people think are the most likely team to end up back in that final round, dropping a ballot by 12 and winning by only one against Brown. I mean, look good on Brown. That is a huge result for them. Um, and who knows? I mean, that that is definitely a sign that Harvard may need to do a little bit of polishing if they want to really make it back to the final round. I, I don't think that they can afford to be losing rounds that way um, if they want to make it back to the finals. But their B team obviously cleaned up with seven and a half wins and the first bid out. So I think that it is safe to say that that program is not uh, in any trouble anytime soon. I'll also mention Dartmouth getting both of their two teams through. Um, very, very impressive showing out of them. Uh, I'll say that Dartmouth's B team, their only two losses were to that Brown A team that we just talked about and, and how good Brown A is. Um, so, you know, very impressive for Dartmouth to get both of their two teams out. And I, I will note, um, I was I was quoted on on Dartmouth's website for their mock trial team as, <laughs> as talking about them being a team to watch. And I think clearly there's some truth to it. I mean, there they go. Two teams through back to Orcs again. Um, I look forward to seeing uh, Dartmouth and, and what they're able to do. And maybe if they're finally able to get through to nationals, I think that they clearly have the depth and they have the talent. So we'll have to see what they can do. I think that we kind of glazed over UMass Lowell when I was going through those the teams that bid out. Um, I, I'll be honest, whenever I think of the UMass teams, I usually think of UMass Amherst. So I, I will be honest, I don't know a ton about UMass Lowell, but um, their only loss was to Brandeis University in the first round and they cleaned up the rest of the way. I don't think that they had a terrifyingly difficult schedule. They still, you know, they beat who they faced. But after that round, they had Holy Cross B, Stonehill College, and then uh, 17A was uh, Wellesley College. I mean, those aren't bad programs by any means of the imagination, but I, I think they're clearly avoiding the Harvards, the Browns, the Dartmouths. Um, and, you know, that can make it a little bit easier sometimes. But hey, you can only face who you, you get paired against, and they took care of business. So good on them. Um, all right. I'm going to toss it over to you, Ben. I feel like I've been talking for too long about this regional. Well, there's a lot to talk about with this regional, so I completely understand. I'll just follow up on one or two quick things. Definitely agree with you about the Brown versus Harvard result. Um, very, very impressive showing for Brown, a team that I think early in the season, I actually mentioned I had my eye on 
Um, so no surprise there that they're doing well, although maybe a bit of a surprise that they had that much success against the defending national champions. Um, I do want to shout out a uh, friend of the pod, um, active Patreon user, Andrew Hinckley of Bryant University. I know that Bryant um, unfortunately had the the um, bad fortune, I'll say, I think if I recall correctly, I'm looking here, their round one, they, they had a, a split um, against Stonehill and they were rewarded uh, after going one and one in round one. And you're like, all right, middle of the pack, whatever, with Harvard A. Um, sorry, guys, that's 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 just a tough one. Um, they managed to scrap their way back to three and three and then just had an absolutely tough Dartmouth a round in round four and, and they weren't able to get through but shout out to Bryant for being a, an up and coming program and a, and a good team who had a tough path the only other thing I will note about Harvard is I'm looking at the individual awards and looking at 1159 Harvard a in order Jessica Alexander Travis Harper Audrey Vanderslice that team's gonna be good they're gonna be fine yeah you, know? you think like you know if I recall correctly I think from listening to um do should we call Phil's show our competitor, our our co-pod? I don't really know what to call Watchmock, but I think Travis was on Watchmock recently. I feel like he said something about his how I think he took the fall off or something like that. So they're probably getting into the swing of things and and putting things together. But like I see those three names in a row on the on the attorney awards. I'm like, and you're seeing Travis and Audrey Award on the same side for plaintiff. I'm like, yeah, I I okay, Harvard, you know, went seven and one and they had a loss to Brown. I still, you know, if I had to pick someone to, to repeat, it would still be them. Uh, yeah, totally agree with you about Dartmouth. Glad you mentioned UMass Lowell. Um, I think we have kind of rolled through everything here. This was a, a large and and very, you know, interesting regional, but I don't see a ton of other outliers here. Stonehill had a CS of 20 and a half. But other than that, Drew, if you don't have anything else, I am happy to take us a little bit further south, but still in the northeast to Princeton. I'll just, before you move on, you mentioned Bryant, and obviously we love them over there. Um, I, I've heard that their their social media is just like outstanding. I, I just feel like every time I see their, their Twitter page, their Instagram page, it's always popping off. And I don't know, I, I just wanted to shout that out, you know, for, for no reason, but yeah. For no, re- no reason whatsoever, <laughs> just hypothetical. Um, just, I don't you know, know I just media. was thinking about it. Like, that, I just think yeah. that their social media, like whoever is doing the social media for them, I don't know, they just seem like a really, really good person at making social media posts. So I don't know, maybe just things to think about. Yeah, well, <laughs> on that note, I'm going to take us to Princeton. We are more than halfway done, so we're going to keep cruising along. Um, Princeton was our only seven bid regional, which back in the day, seven bids was not that unusual to see at regionals. Um, now it really is. Uh, seven wins and those seven wins in order were Fordham Rose Hill A, seven and a half wins and a 16 CS. Maryland B, seven wins and a 16 CS. And a 73 and a half OCS. Ryder A, seven wins and a 16 CS and a 73 and a half OCS. That can't be right. Those are the same OCS. Um, Maryland beat OCS, beat Ryder for the OCS tiebreak. We'll figure out the typo. Then you had Maryland A, six and a half wins and an 18 CS. Princeton A, six wins and a 14 and a half CS. Fordham Rose Hill B, six wins and a 12 and a half CS. And then Wesleyan B, six wins and an eight CS. Drew's corrected Maryland B's OCS to 75 and a half. Thank you for that. But I'm not done because we had five honorable mentions at this regional because sure. Um, 
honorable mentions in order five and a half wins were Johns Hopkins a uh, five and a half 16 and a half CS MITB five wins and a 17 and a half CS Tufts B five wins and a 17 and a half CS there's an OCS tiebreaker there I'm not even going to read it Princeton B five wins and a 16 and a half CS and Boston University B five wins and a 16 CS Whew, okay Take All a right. Catch, yeah that was i feel like an auctioneer here i'm just like john Hopkins. john Hopkins. Did anybody have like do we, do we have Anyone five wins five wins? Princeton. somewhere somewhere we're giving jonathan woodward ideas um oh god honestly i like there's so much we could talk about here this episode's already gonna be way too long so i'm not gonna spend a lot of time on this the biggest thing to, i think i want to talk about want to mention Ryder for a second unranked not a from program I'm familiar with. Not a program who's been to Orcs the last couple years. Comes in, sweeps Tufts B, and splits with Maryland B, and that's their only loss. Ryder goes seven and seven and one with a 16 CS, sweeping Tufts B and pushing them to the honorable mention list. Incredibly impressive debut. I'd really love to hear what's going on at Ryder um, because that is just a debuting on the scene and catching everybody's attention. Um, I'll flag Fordham Rose Hill. You know, I think we talk, we've talked about them a lot. They're a perennial orcs team. Definitely, I think, lives in Lincoln Center's shadow a little bit with that weird arrangement with like, it's the same school, but different campuses and they're hard to get to. Like, I totally understand why the programs are distinct, but like really impressive for Rose Hill to get two teams here. Our friends just a little bit down the road at Maryland having a very impressive season and for them to show through here. Same with our friends at Johns Hopkins, just right down the road for them to be at the top of the open bid list. And other than that, a lot of really good Northeast programs like Princeton, BU, Tufts, MIT, Rose Hill, you know, just these teams showing up, doing their thing. There's just not a whole lot else that I can say about this regional. Um, I will say I think Maryland is really good this year. Um, I think that they have the potential to make some serious noise. I know they've got some really good coaches, some like senior competitors who've had a lot of success, and I'll be interested to see how they perform. Uh, Drew, what'd you see here with this one? Well, I wanted to quickly note, you, you mentioned Johns Hopkins and, and they're, you know, both of our neighbors and wonderful program. Their, their B team had three wins with a 24 and a half CS. Um, you know, we always try to highlight this, but that is just brutal. I mean, absolutely insane. Their first round, they drew Wesleyan B and they actually swept Wesleyan B, which is a really good result for Johns Hopkins B. You should be really happy with that. They then got swept in round two by Fordham Rose Hill, who was, again, the eventual leader out of this uh, regional with seven and a half wins. Johns Hopkins B's third round was against MIT, um, and that was MIT who, this was their B team, who went five wins, was a very solid team. We talked about how good MIT A is. And then their final round for Johns Hopkins B was against 1553 Princeton, who went 6-2. I I don't know. I just I don't know what Johns Hopkins did to to get such a cursed schedule and have to face so many of the top teams here. But uh, you know, good for them to find a way to still get three ballots against that schedule. And man, twenty four CS like not good. Um, and I will say that you don't often see regional where you have two programs with more than a twenty four CS. But coming in just behind them was the U.S. Military Academy, who went 1-7 with a 24 CS. So I think that what we had here was a few teams getting just 
beaten down facing all of the really good teams and that's why you end up getting so many teams with such an impressive record um is you just get a really wide disparity between the 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 top half of the regional and the bottom half and you don't end up with a lot of four uh four and four teams because everyone's either five wins or three wins and below so that was kind of my main takeaway from this um i you know it's just a massive cluster you know what of a regional um to have seven bids and there are still five teams on the honorable mention list with five wins or more i mean it's just absolute insanity and uh, you know I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Ryder. you know good on maryland good on rose hill good on princeton glad you know we mentioned wesleyan before glad they're making it out but wow this is just a, a absolute massive regional and this is what happens when you have a massive regional crazy shit goes down (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i think you you kind of went through the whole thing i was just kind of checking on one thing yeah i will say the um uh just looking here at i saw yeah bu had what this was their b team yeah so their b team like their b and boston university b and boston university c not being a little bit higher up on this list maybe is a little bit of surprise to Mm -hmm. me with the strength of their program but other than that, I really think you covered it. I'm so glad that you highlighted those really high CSs because those are really noteworthy. And just, I mean, this is like, I think the last thing I'll say here and then we should move on. It's this is like the only vintage regional left. Mm-hmm. This is what, like for those of you who are freshmen and sophomores, like this is kind of what regionals used to be like. Regionals <sighs> used to be like 26, 20. I remember the first year we hosted, we had 30 teams. We had nine bids. It was awful. Like it was, it was awful. absolutely crazy. And to be fair, it's not that regionals was necessarily necessarily harder back then because obviously there were more bids and also like there was more of a undercurrent like the teams there was more one-off teams who would just kind of show up i think we're still recovering a lot of those teams from after covid but Mm -hmm. um like this is this just reminds me of what a northeast regional used to be like and i just I'm so happy we weren't there. <laughs> I'm just very, very happy that we weren't there. I'm sure it was a great regional, but yikes, a lot of really good teams here. Well, I, I want to really quickly, um, and then we really need to move on, uh, and I'll take <laughs> us to St. Louis next, but um, Iona, and I mean, I feel like every year, and we love Guelph, so we always got to talk about them, but like, they go three and one through the first two rounds and they can't get that second day i mean one of these days iona is going to figure out how to replicate their day one results with their day two results but i feel like i always see them at three and one or four and oh after the first day and then they just lose out the second day and don't get through but one of these days they're going to push through and i'm going to be the biggest cheerleader in the world for them because we love them and i just can't wait to see them get the success that they're due but i just had to mention it because we love Gelf and Ugh, brutal, brutal for them yeah. again to to have a <laughs> solid first day and not replicate it. But okay, let's let's keep moving. We we got we're on the clock, and uh, we're <laughs> going to go ahead and move back out to the Midwest to St. Louis. It's Midwest, yeah. Um, and we had five bids in, in St. Louis, starting with Vanderbilt A with eight wins and a sixteen CS. Then Northwestern A with eight wins and a thirteen and a half CS. Then Wash U St. Louis B also with eight wins and a 12 CS. Then we had Northwestern B with six wins and a 16 CS. And then finally Notre Dame C with five wins and a 13 and a half CS. You will notice that we didn't say any eight win teams for the massive Princeton regional. And then this much smaller regional had three. 
Um, so clearly a very top heavy regional, I think it's fair to say. Um, and this is a very, you know, I always try to mention when I see kind of interesting tab results, there were no three win teams after round two. There were, I think, four, four and O teams, and then a bunch of two and two teams, or sorry, there were three four and O teams, and then a bunch of two and two teams. And what this meant was that one of those four and O teams, specifically Wash U St. Louis B had to face a two and two team in round three, instead of a four and four or instead of a three and one. And they drew Columbia college. Um, you know, not that you know, I don't know a whole lot about Columbia college, but you know, they, they had two wins and it kind of makes your life a lot better when you're a four win team and you face a two and two team instead of another four and four, four and oh. Um, so just kind of an interesting tab thing that that happened that way. Um, I, I don't really know a whole lot more other than that that happened. But the result is that you've got three eight win teams and then no honorable mention teams. I and mean, we, we just have a clearly the top three and then, you know, Northwestern and Notre Dame following closely behind and then kind of the rest. Um, and I'll, I'll say that I didn't. I don't think any of those teams were, were shocking to not make it out. Um, I'm kind of like double checking everything right now, but I don't think that any of them were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe so-and-so didn't make it. I think like St. Louis A is maybe like, you know, they've been to Orcs the last few years, maybe the slightest bit surprising that they didn't make it out. But I, I think for the most part, this is who we were expecting to make it through. And then they just show that they are clearly the top dogs here. Uh, the the really quick thing that I'll mention um, for Northwestern B, uh, they their only two losses were to the 1272 Vanderbilt A team. Um, you know, I would have loved to see that round three match. Clearly, a really good one um, between you know two of the teams that bid out. That was the only round, to my understanding, that was between two teams that that both got a bit through all the rest of them. They just beat up on the rest of the field. Um, so there you have it. I mean, it's just kind of the, the teams that made it, they're pretty good. And the rest of the field wasn't up to snuff. Yeah. I don't have a whole lot else to add here that, you know, I'm so glad you pointed out some of the interesting kind of the intricacies of, of how this regional came to be and how the pairings came to be. Um, yeah. I, I I'll, I'll, sort of re-mention Vanderbilt. They're definitely a team that you see their name reasonably often. They're currently ranked 91st. They've had success at Orcs. They got four ballots at Orcs last year, six the year before, three and a half the year before. So they're kind of climbing their way up. And I wouldn't be shocked at all if one of these years they're able to break through and have a strong performance and, and get through to nationals. Um, and yeah, Northwestern turns out still good. Um you know, it's like their A team wasn't tested as heavily. So it'll be interesting to see how they perform at Orcs. But Northwestern is so clean, so strong, does not shock me at all uh, to see the success that they had at this kind of interesting, like, reason. I mean, there's plenty of power at this regional. It just happened to work out the kind of strange way that you were describing. So I don't have a whole lot else, uh, Drew. If you ha- let's don't keep have it going, else, I can take- let's keep yeah, it going, baby. Good. Let's do it. All right, I'm going to take us out to the West Coast, to Arizona, to Tempe, and we have a five-bid regional there. Time to read some acronyms Um, because (laughs) our... Look, we're on the West Coast. It's acronyms acronyms all over the place. That's how it goes. So our five teams in order were UCLA B, seven wins and a 17 and a half CS. USC A, seven wins and a 13 CS. Arizona State D, six and a half wins and a 13 CS. 
Arizona State B, six wins and a 16 and a half CS. UC Irvine A, six wins and a 16 CS. Two honorable mentions here were UC Irvine D, five and a half wins and an 18 and a half CS. And Pomona A, five wins and a 16 and a half CS. A lot to unpack here. Um, you know, it's always so tough with the West Coast because it's like there's so much going on and there's so many good teams. Um, I will say it's interesting when you have some UCLA, you have some California teams coming out this way um, to see, uh, you know, kind of how the results play out there. Uh, Arizona State D, a very, very impressive showing. I actually heard from someone associated with the Arizona State D team, I think a, a coach of their team, uh, who mentioned that, in fact, um, that. A ASUD team that took six and a half was almost all new members. And then I think like one second year returner, uh, which is kind of what you would expect from a D team and extremely, extremely impressive uh, for Arizona state D to come in and have the showing that they did um, with a really, really impressive uh, path through and not an easy one uh, as well. Uh, played Arizona B played UC Irvine D. So another deep program there. Uh, so just a really impressive showing. UCLA B, really, really good. USCA, very, very strong performance here. Um, and, you know, Arizona State is just a fascinating program. Uh, Arizona State A is currently ranked. Oh, I had it for just a second there. There we go. Arizona State A is ranked 73rd. They, I think they were at Nationals not too long ago, but they were not there last year. Arizona State B is ranked 111th. So a really, really good program, but... Maybe not one where if you looked on paper, you'd immediately assume that they're going to be getting a D team through. So it definitely shows that they've clearly got a lot of depth and a lot of strong results in their future. Uh, I don't have a whole lot else, Drew. Uh, I see you've got a couple notes about some of the interesting pairings and results here. So feel free to uh, take us through that before we move forward. All right. So let's just start by saying that there are maybe three or four programs in the country where the sentence I'm about to say is valid. But I'm a bit surprised that UCLA D didn't make it through. Um, UCLA is, as I said, one of the very few programs where I am terrified of their C, D, and E teams at any regional. They're just that good and that deep that they're usually making it through and usually really scary. So that to me is honestly one of the most surprising results that we had here. Um, USC kind of had that massive showing last year where they really showed up um, and hit the ground running and they they took care of business. You kind of mentioned that they they went seven and one. Their only loss was to Arizona State B in a kind of interesting round three where, you know, USC went plus 10 minus nine. And I kind of always find it interesting when it's almost double digits to either side, like just a very divisive round, like who knows what was going on there. Um, but other than that, I mean, they really took care of business. They had uh, a plus 160 overall PD, um, which just pretty absurd. They had uh, yeah. not, every other ballot was over, was double digits. I mean, their first round was a plus 40, plus 47, then a plus 21, plus 22. And their last one was plus 10, plus 19. I mean, that's, it's pretty good. I mean, they're, they're not, these are not close rounds. They're clearly showing out. Um, other than that, I mean, look, ASU, Arizona State, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I've always known them to be pretty deep, and we've kind of over the last few years seen them be building up and building up their program to having you know their C team make it through, their E team make it through. And here we are. They have four bids to regionals at this point, 
and their A team still has yet to go. I mean, that is extraordinary to me. I, I think really impressive out of them. Um, who knows what we have coming out of Arizona State, but definitely a, a, a fearsome program in the building over there. Um, Sorry, could you hear the dog just then? <laughs> is, is is that our our loyal listener that, Winston? That is that is our loyal listener Winston, who clearly is not listening right now. Um, <laughs> but sorry to those that heard a brief barking in the background. I think um, he's barking because he can hear your voice, but he can't hear my voice. That's what it is. Happening. He's like, this is only half of it. I should <laughs> right. take the headphones out. There we go. That's the problem. <laughs> Um, okay, well, on that note, though, I do think we've covered most of it here in Tempe. Um, and Ben, if you want to go ahead and oh, no, this is my turn. I will move us on it, to our you do want to say something else? Sorry. Yeah. So I'll only other I'll, I'll offer one other thought here that, that, that kind of piggybacks on something you said. Uh, I think there must have been some tough judging at this regional because some of the PDs um, in some of these rounds, I, I'm not going to get into specifics on what teams these are, but there's two teams with pretty significant negative PDs, including a team that did not go 0 and 8, but had a negative PD. And then you've got USCA that you were talking about with a plus 160, which is wild. You got a plus 100 here. Like, and then if you look at some of the individual rounds, you see some pretty big splits. So I just, that's always something interesting to me that like, was this a situation where you had some mock judges? Um, was it a situation where it's just some overmatched rounds? You know, it can be a lot of different things, but uh, other than that, I think you really went through it. And, and I really like if you hadn't mentioned USCA's point differential, I was definitely going to get into that because seven and one with a plus 160 is just really impressive. And it's not like, you know, OK, yeah, they had a mismatch pairing in round one, but it's not like their other pairings were total mismatches. You know, they had Pomona B in round two, a team that went four and four and had a pretty good weekend and USC, you know like beat them pretty good and so it's like clearly they're a team that they can differentiate and that's something that i'm always watching for this time of year but that's it for me and i think you can take us to where our teams were competing here in washington dc yep i i'm about to i i will say i just wanted to quickly chime in about the the judging i don't know what the judges were there but i will say that arizona state hosted this regional and if you recall arizona state did that whole experimental judging um, mm. at their invite where they had kind of random people that do not know anything about mock trial or the law um, come in as like a juror ballot. And, you know, I, just to, to mention that to the conversation, I have no idea. I, I hope that they weren't doing that for regionals, but um, just kind of interesting. They clearly have a lot of resources to pull a lot of uh, judges in to be you know, comfortable doing something like that. So who knows? I mean, maybe they, they had some sort of an interesting field of judges that were willing to put some real serious PDs out there. But okay, let's go ahead and move on to DC. Um, we had six bids out of the DC regional, um, starting with American A, who had eight wins and a 13 and a half CS, followed by Seton Hall A with seven wins and a 15 CS, then Columbia A with six and a half wins and a 13 CS, and then Haverford A, so proud, with six wins and a 19 and a half CS, and then Drexel A with six wins and a 15 CS. And then our final bid was Swarthmore A with five wins and a 21 and a half CS. We had two honorable mentions. First was UMBCA, of course, Ben's team with five wins and an 18 CS. And then Stevenson A with five wins and a 16 and a half CS. All right. So um, I, while I was not there personally, I was very closely following the Haverford team's results. 
Um, they were going blind. And so I was checking ballots for them. And I was talking to Ben the whole weekend. I was talking to some of the other people that were there the whole weekend. Um, so I do know a few things about it. Um, first, I will say that American A coming in first with an eight win showing is super impressive. Hats off to them. They beat UMBC and Haverford. They went through the mock review gauntlet and they came out unscathed. <laughs> Hats off to them. Um, really impressive for sure. I couldn't be more proud of the Haverford team. Aside from that American round, they went through uh, you know, pretty flawless uh, other three rounds and they did wonderfully. I'm really excited for them for Orcs. Um, I'll say that Drexel um, you know, hasn't made it back to Orcs in a, in a few years now, so I'm excited for them to make it back. And then the other team that I really want to highlight here is Swarthmore. Um, I actually know... When, when Swarthmore was getting restarted as a program was my senior year. And I remember there was a girl named Scout who um, I had spoken with a lot and worked with a lot. She actually even came to a few invites with us in the fall to kind of learn from us and see what's going on. Um, and she kind of really restarted that program and she was coaching them this year. And I'm really, really excited for them to go five wins with a 21 and a half CS. They faced, I think, three of the other teams that made it through. I think they faced Seton Hall, Columbia, and Drexel. And I think that the other team they faced was Stevenson. I, I, I'm like 90% sure about that, but a really tough schedule. And they managed to pull it out anyway. So I'm, or that was wrong. They did not face all those teams. I think that they didn't play, face Seton Hall. But um, they faced Columbia, Drexel, Stevenson, and Rutgers was the last round that they had. But look, really impressive out of them. Those are all good teams and they managed to split all of them or take both. And that is not easy to do. And I'm just really excited for them to be making it uh, back to orcs and excited to see what they're able to do. But Ben, obviously not the weekend that UMBC was hoping for. So I'll toss it over to you for some of your thoughts about what you saw that weekend. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm actually pretty content with uh, our results from this past weekend. So obviously any other regional, if the ninth ranked team in the country didn't get an earned bid, that'd be one of the first things we talk about. So perfectly fine to talk about it here. So my A team went five and three. We uh, lost a very, very extremely close round to American A. We had a minus one in in that round. And then we had a very close trial split uh, with American C in uh, round three four uh as as we were fighting for that bid um if i never see one of mike romano and amanda mundell squads ever again i will be a happy coach uh they're very good teams american a has has gotten us now in two consecutive tournaments they're a team to keep your eye on obviously going eight no at a regional with this much power very very impressive showing even their c team was just clean strong resourceful interesting really you know engaging characters just you know really great job uh i'm really proud of my a team you know we're we're comfortably on the open bid list we're going to orcs you know yeah we wanted to leave with a trophy in our hands but ultimately my goal was to come to regionals get a bid to orcs that's what we did and i'm perfectly happy with the position that we're in proud of my team this is a team with a lot of people who have stepped up this year we have two freshmen on our team and primarily people who have been on B the last couple years, um, because obviously we've had some fairly prominent competitors who were hogging a lot of the space on A. So this team has taken a little while to to find its identity. And, you know, our defense, which we've struggled with for a while, went 4-0. Really proud of that. And, and I'm I'm looking forward to continuing to coach this team through to Orcs. Uh, other than that, I think you pretty much covered most things here. Excited for our friends, uh, co-hosts at Stevenson. Obviously, they're right below us on the open bid list. They should get off there, no problem. Um, American, as we talked about, very excited for your crew at Haverford. 
Really glad that you shouted out Swarthmore. I know Scout a little bit. Swarthmore's come to our, our Charm City Classic a couple years in a row. And then, look, programs like Seton Hall and Columbia, teams that, you know, Columbia obviously was so powerful and now clearly is back on the rise and is doing their thing, you know, a team to watch out for. And Seton Hall has had a very impressive season, had a very impressive season last year. We played their B team. It was a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, you've got six distinct teams here. You don't have any double bids at this regional, which is always kind of fun to see. And I think that this just proves that the Washington, D.C. Orcs is going to be absolutely brutal. And if the open bid list means that UMBC goes somewhere else, well, then maybe we ultimately won the tiebreak. So <laughs> that's what I have to say about that. Um, and Drew, any other thoughts on D.C. before we go to our final regional of the weekend? So I... I I don't want to dwell on this for too long because it's a very, you know, it's something that's much more visual than something that we can talk about. But Ben, we're both familiar with this. I just wanted to mention that the last round had some wacky pairings. I think there were something like four or five different impermissibles through the different ways they're trying to pair that last round. And it ended up just moving basically all of the teams around and almost completely shuffling them. But it just made for some kind of very interesting results. And I heard that that was a fairly common thing at a lot of different regionals this weekend. Um, you know, I, I do not envy the Amta reps who had to deal with all those impermissibles, but I think especially with a lot of these smaller regionals and not that DC was, I mean, DC was pretty fairly sized, I think at 23 or 20, 22, 24, something like that. Um, but when you have some of those smaller ones, you get these weird impermissibles in that round four that becomes really tough to deal with. And I know that even at a moderately sized one like this, we had a lot of those that they had to deal with. And a lot of weird shuffling and, and moving of teams around. And I just know that was something that that had to be dealt with. Um, so I just wanted to, to flag that for people. Um, the last thing that I'll very, very briefly mention here is just um, the fact that to me, like Seton Hall is, is one that we didn't highlight as much earlier. You just spoke about them, Ben, but they so consistently make it to orcs. And they're always like, two or three wins at orcs, you know, maybe they creep into the four range, but like, they're just very consistently right in that like middle tier range. And this was a good showing out of them, like a very impressive weekend. And I'm intrigued to see if maybe they can finally kind of push the envelope and, and become a, a, a five or six team win team at orcs. I don't know, but I'm excited to see what they can do. Like I said, a very impressive weekend out of them. Their only drop was to that Swarthmore team that, like I said, was ensuring that they did not get swept um, the whole weekend, really. So impressive from both of them and excited to see what these teams are going to do. Yep, I think those are all good points. And I am going to go ahead and move us to our final regional of week three. And we're going to stay in this general area, but go a couple hours down south to Williamsburg, to the fine folks at William and Mary who are hosting this six bid regional. This regional had six bids in order. They were UVAA, eight wins and a 15 CS. Penn A, six and a half wins and a 15 and a half CS. William and Mary B, six wins and a 17 CS. Liberty A, six wins and a 16 CS. Liberty B, six wins and a 15 and a half CS. And Richmond A, six wins and a 13 and a half CS. Honorable mentions were Georgetown B, five wins and a 16 CS. And Elon B, five wins and a 10 CS. Couple of things to note here um, UVAA, dominant, absolutely incredible showing. Um, just to really cruise through with uh, plus 145 PD. Uh, they did have, what's interesting is they had some close ballots. They had a plus two, a plus four, and a plus two, but then they also had a plus 44, a plus 38, and a plus 32. So like 
that equals out to 8-0 and a really dominant showing. On the other side of that coin, UVAB had a kind of wacky weekend, and they are not likely to be moving on. They ended up with four and a half wins. They managed to get, they needed a sweep of Penn in round four. They managed to get a plus 23 and a tie. Five wins might have put them in contention for an open bid, but four and a half, I think, as a second bid is probably not going to do it this year. A uh, couple other things here. Very impressive showing by Liberty. Two teams with six wins. Uh, definitely, you know, just a strong performance by them. Richmond, a really interesting program. Although I will note here, I'm, I said Richmond A earlier. Um, I think it's Richmond B. I'm looking at the tab summary here and I see Richmond A, 16-24 with four wins and a 22.5 CS. And then Richmond B, 16-25 with six wins. So I think actually the bid yep, here was I made Richmond a B. No, nope, that's okay. That's why we're correcting it. So Richmond B. So a little bit surprising not to see Richmond A get that bid, but good on Richmond B to get through. Uh, Georgetown B, not getting an earned bid. Definitely surprised. They're a very deep program. We hit them at both Orcs and Nationals last year. Um, and then Penn to have such a strong weekend, but then have a tough round four against UVA B. Just, you know, interesting contrasting styles between Penn and UVA. I think that could be a fascinating round to watch. Uh, Drew, what else did you pick up here that I missed? Well, you know, my my mistake on Richmond is in large part because Richmond A probably deserved the, uh, a bid. I mean, they went four and four with a twenty two and a half CS, absolutely brutal schedule. Um, and I mean, that's just um, I feel like whenever I see these disgustingly high CSs, a piece of me is just like, oh, I ache for that team. I cannot imagine how brutal it must be to to find out just how hard your schedule was. Um, but just for some context, they faced Elon in the first round and they they swept that round. Then they draw um, Penn, who you just mentioned, Ben, who went six and a half um, throughout that weekend. And they went six and oh through their first three rounds. Then they draw uh, Liberty A, who you, know, you mentioned as well, another six and two team, very impressive. And their final round was against Georgetown A, or sorry, Georgetown B, um, who had five wins. So, I mean, they did not face a single team that had less than five wins. Um, that is just, that's tough. Makes it really hard to, to get a lot of ballots when you're facing really good teams. But um, look, I'm, I'm glad their B team got the bid then. And so someone from Richmond will be represented. I would not want to be the ones that have to decide who's going to get through. Um, but, you know, glad that their program will be represented moving forward. I think that you you kind of mentioned the tough drawing that Penn had with UVAB. Um, UVAB is another one where they went four and a half wins with a 22 CS. I mean, just another brutal schedule. And even for UVA, I mean, look, UVAB is is about as scary as B teams come. But um, just a, a really tough schedule for them, too, and not able to squeeze it out. I will say that their round two loss to Liberty B definitely makes me, you know, impressed by Liberty, but we have this kind of interesting trifecta of UVA B got swept by Liberty B, then Liberty B got swept by Penn A, then Penn A got, you know, plus 23 tied against UVA B. So UVA B <laughs> is better than the team that beat the team that they got swept by. So I don't know if that made sense to people, but it's kind of an interesting, fun little triangle of results and who knows who's the best team out of them, um, but just kind of fun, wacky results. I think you mostly covered it though, Ben. Um, you know, UVA is pretty good at this. Liberty is pretty good at this. Penn, William and Mary, Georgetown. Like, yeah, these are these are the good programs. Uh, I will say that the one sad note for me, um, Lafayette, 
Uh, I feel like they've been, you know, they were kind of the Cinderella team and then they've been really reliably making it to orcs um, and doing pretty well. Uh, they unfortunately didn't make it through this year going just three and five with the 20 CS, um, you know, just a, a tough draw, honestly. And, you know, they got UVAA in, in the very first round. Um, not, not what you're, or sorry, not UVAA. In the final round, they drew UVAA. Um, not, not what you're looking for, for sure. But just a, a tough weekend for them. And they're great people over there. So sad to see our fellow neighbors in, in the greater Pennsylvania area not making it through. But um, yeah, I mean, UVAA had a, a pretty crazy good showing. Um, you know, we talked about crazy PDs. Their second round was a plus 44, plus 38. I feel like we don't see those crazy PDs as often on the East Coast. Um, so definitely when you see one, it is worth noting. Um, and they are UVA. So if there's someone that's going to do it, I'm not shocked it was them. But Ben, anything else that you're seeing before we wrap it up? Yeah, I'll make two last final notes here. Uh, the first one is I do want to mention Radford University. A uh, good friend of mine, Don Martin, coaches down there now. He uh, He's a friend of the pod. He's a, a gold patron. And he was at American for several years when they were so incredibly elite. And his A-team came super close to finally breaking through. And I think his second season, they went four and four. And their final round was a plus 12 minus two. They also had a plus nine minus two. Um, and they had a B team who who didn't do as well, but I know they're building a program there and it's really exciting to see. Um, you mentioned William and Mary. I think William and Mary B's path is noteworthy uh, and just a really, really great team, a really, really great program. The very last thing that I will mention about this entire episode, and this occurred to me just a minute ago, uh, and it's an addendum to way back when we were talking about Ryder. Uh, I did not remember this until just a moment ago that Alan Medvin, who was at Princeton for a while, is at Ryder now because um, Princeton did some crazy stuff where they their coaches had to leave because of dumb policies at their school. And I know and I just looked at Ryder's website and, and Alan is there now um, and they have some other people who are advising as well. So not to, I mean, that makes their showing just as impressive, but it adds a little bit of context to that, that they have like a, a long term coach. Uh, who has a lot of AMTA experience and a lot of trial experience as well. So we are uh, over the 80-minute uh, mark, which is honestly, for 12 regionals, not that bad. Um, Drew, I think we've <laughs> rolled through everything that we can talk about. Do you have any other thoughts about anything in the world before we wrap up this godforsaken episode? Honestly, just looking forward to round to week four. We got one more to push through um, and then it's on to orcs. So looking forward to seeing the case changes for sure. That's something that I've you know, really started thinking about now that uh, Haverford's made it through. Um, I'm excited for them. You know, the Tulane team is, is sitting on the bubble. Um, it, it is not fun to be on the open bid list this time of year, but you know, we're, we're you know, sticking tough, but to everyone that's competing in their final week of regionals, good luck to all of you. Try to keep it light and, and have fun. But I, I know this is a stressful time, but uh, good luck. And hopefully we'll see people at Orcs. Yeah, I totally agree with that. My B team is in action this upcoming weekend. We're hosting along with Stevenson, the Owings Mills Regional. Um, and I'm so glad you mentioned case changes because there's been a lot of chatter in the AMTA community about case balance and case changes. In this case, I've had some fascinating conversations with people this time next week. Once week four is over, we'll have those case balance statistics. We'll know what those case changes are. And I'm excited to dig into our last set of regionals and also talk about what's coming next. We appreciate everyone listening. If you've made it to this point, you are a hero and a scholar, and we're very grateful to you for 
all of your support of the show. Um, we're very grateful to each of our gold patrons for their work uh, and just for their constant support and, and wonderful support of the podcast. We're so thankful to each of you for contributing to our patron and discord communities. Uh, we'll be back in your feeds this time next week for week four. So looking forward to that. Until we talk to you again, this has been The Mock Review with Ben and Drew.